Welcome to When It Goes Wrong, the podcast exploring disasters, accidents, and times when everything falls apart. I'm Jasmine, your host, and on this episode, we'll be discussing the deaths of Chris Creamer and Lizanne Froon, who disappeared in the Panamanian jungle in 2014 when hiking. This is the first episode which borders a little bit on true crime, but as it was declared that this incident was an accident, I think it falls into into the remit of, of what we've been talking about, so I've decided to take it on. But I'll let you decide what you think by the end of this episode. Lizanne and Chris were both from the Netherlands, and they were both in their early 20s in 2014. They had recently completed their studies and had saved up a sum to travel over to South America. They wanted to do some exploring and adventuring, but also planned to do some volunteering at some of the schools there. Both women were described as intelligent and outgoing. They were both sporty. Lizanne played lots of volleyball, and they had lived and worked together previously before they were heading out on this trip over to Panama. So once they got to Panama, they spent a couple of weeks exploring and doing everything a 21-year-old and 22-year-old should do when they go on holiday, so having a nice time. And they did a lot of hiking, and they were both pretty active, um, and we can see quite a lot of their photos from this time that they were having a really good time once they got there. But what they were planning on doing was staying with a host family and doing some work. And what they wanted to do, what I mentioned earlier, is is do some volunteering in some of the local villages. So once they'd been there for two weeks, they decided to head out to a much smaller town. So in Panama, there is one main big city, which is Panama City, and then the rest of it is pretty rural. So they headed out to a a small town called Buketi. I've listened to it again a few times. Still not totally sure with it, but we'll go with it, Buketi. And that is where they met their host family and where they were planning on doing the work that they were going to do. When they got there, they were told that they actually weren't ready for them. So they they expected to get there and start doing the work straight away. But unfortunately, when they got there, it, it wasn't time. So because they weren't due to start for work for a few days... Um, on the 1st of April 2014, they decided to go and do a hike in the jungle nearby. So they were planning to do a trail called the Il Pianista Trail. And it takes about two hours. It's uphill. It takes them to uh, where the Continental Divide is, so where you can see really impressive views out over uh, over the jungle and out over and towards the sea. And it was just a, a quite a straightforward hike uh, uphill. You know, it was only meant to take them a couple of hours. The weather that day was good. It was sunny. It was hot. They were they were ready to go. So they decided to do this trek, and they didn't take a guide, as the trail itself was pretty well established and easy for them to follow. Generally, when there were foreigners in Panama, they generally would take a guide if they were going off hiking. But they had actually booked guides for later in that week but for whatever reason either they couldn't book one or they decided they just didn't need one because it was such a small hike they decided not to get one for this first hike they headed off and they followed the the kind of quite easy trail and they did take a dog with them we'll hear this quite a few times in this story there's a lot of times where there's a lot of like conflicting reports so we'll just go with it for now and but take everything with a pinch of salt so they did take a dog with them, which was apparently one, belonged to one of the restaurants nearby. So one of the restaurants at the bottom of the trail. 
presumably had a dog. Presumably they were like, yes, take the dog. Whether this is true or not, we don't know. But if it was true, I saw some pictures of the dog. He was very cute. So I can understand why they would want to take them. So let's go with it. So they took the dog um, and they headed up to the top of this trail. And so fast forward now to that evening, things start to go awry. So the two women didn't return home that evening. They didn't, didn't go back to the host family that they had been staying with. At this point, they weren't too worried because they just thought, these are just two people that are staying with us. Maybe they've gone out, maybe they're doing other things, whatever. But what started to worry people reportedly is that the dog did turn up. So the dog reportedly did go back to the restaurant, but the girls were nowhere to be seen. But even with this, there wasn't too much worry at this point. So this is on the 1st of April, not too much worry. It was only on the 3rd of April, so only two days later, that they actually decided something was wrong, decided that these girls clearly hadn't returned and decided to go out and start looking for them. And by this point, the families were starting to get concerned. The families were back in the Netherlands, but they were in, you know, relatively frequent contact with them. So the fact that they hadn't heard anything from the girls for a couple of days wasn't a good thing. And I keep saying girls. And I said to myself when I was writing this, I was like, I'm not going to call them girls. I'm going to call them women because they're 21 and 22. Really annoys me when people call people girls when they're not. Anyway, tangent. I'll, I'll go back to that. So the families were worried. They were really encouraging the Panama authorities to start investigating to start trying to find them and the Panama authorities did start the searches so they did ground searches they did aerial searches there was some of the locals it was some kind of expert mountain searches that were in there and to be fair the kind of region they were in was jungle and it was like of a reasonable size but it wasn't humongous reasonable to think they should have been found so then on the 6th of April the families headed over from the Netherlands to Panama to help with the search, along with some of the Dutch authorities that that came with them as well. So they continued searching. The parents did a lot of press at this point um, in the local region to try and get more information, to try and encourage people to come forward. And the parents even offered a $30,000 reward for any information. And that is a lot of money for that region. So the hope was that by offering a, a, a reward of such value, they would hopefully get some things to them. But nothing really came of anything at this point. Nothing really happened. So nothing happened then for 10 weeks. Families went home, searching, couldn't find anything, no evidence of of foul play, no evidence of anything. But it was only 10 weeks later that a backpack was found. So the backpack was found approximately five miles from where they thought they were hiking in a rice paddy by one of the local women in one of the local villages. And this was like a bit of a weird one because where where had it come from? It hadn't been seen previously. It just turned up basically 10 weeks later. But not only that, it turned up in like perfect condition. So everything in it was dry. Everything in it was like folded and not 
a mess. It was all still like neatly packed. And it was one of these backpacks that was like quite quite a small flimsy backpack and it was in the jungle and there was only you know it was it wasn't muddy it wasn't wet yeah it turned up in very odd condition but that's just the first thing that was very odd about this backpack so in the backpack they found so the passports were in the backpack some cash was in the backpack potentially weird because you would think that maybe people would want the cash sunglasses two bras which were their bras we have figured that out but no one you know i think you can argue either way why the bra whether the bras were suspicious or not maybe they just took them off so yeah two bras and then two interesting things so first of all lizanne's camera was in there which we will talk quite a lot about and both of their phones were in there as well which again we'll talk quite a lot about those as well so both of these were interesting because they both were hopefully going to give us a bit of an insight into kind of what happened so both of their phones were in there there was um so this was 2014 so there was an iphone 4 and a and, and the other woman had a samsung galaxy so both of those phones were found still working and so the finding of this backpack totally changed the investigation and i think made this story a lot more popular than potentially it was previously they took the phone and the camera and started analyzing it and so let's start with the phone first then we'll go into the camera so on the phone it showed that they both rang 911 and 112 within about three to four hours of them starting the trek itself so pretty early on they hadn't you know it was only a two-hour trek all the way up so it it wasn't hours and hours later but three to four hours after they started emergency services would potentially rang they rang 911 and 112 presumably because i think 112 maybe it's the dutch one 911 the panama one anyway they tried them they tried them both Not, nothing connected so so none of the calls we're going to talk about connected potentially one of them did connect for like a second but then it it went dead so this indicates potentially that they got into trouble quite early on in this story that they very quickly were, were coming across some issues the phones then keep a track of what happened over the next few days and the phones were repeatedly turned on so they were turned off turned on regularly over the next few days and in in a kind of pattern so and when they were turned on they were either just turned on and looked at presumably we think to check signal to see if there was any signal or they were turned on to try and phone emergency services and there were there were records of you know attempted and failed calls so we'll go through the dates um i recommend looking online if this gets a bit confusing because there's quite a few dates and calls and stuff but basically so they start the hike on the first of april and they did the first calls to emergency services in the afternoon of the first of april uh on the second of april both the phones are turned on both tried to ring same with the third on the fourth only the iphone was used and on the fifth the samsung phone dies and isn't used anymore so presumably they didn't use it on the fourth because they knew that the phone was dying which i think again is impressive that the iphone for iphone battery lasted longer than the samsung i thought it would be the other way around but good job iphone so yes so the on april 5th the samsung phone dies april 6th the iphone is turned on but there there is no correct pin entered uh, which is one of these things in the story that's a bit odd. So it's turned on. They can't. Whoever has this phone doesn't know the pin. And reportedly, again, reportedly, pinch of salt. There, there was many, many attempts to get into the phone, 
but with different wrong pins. And so that's a bit of an odd one. Then between April 7th and April 10th, we don't really know. There's some reports that say in that period, nothing happened. And there's some um, reports that say in that period, there were 77 emergency call attempts. So on both sides. But we do know, and definitely on April 11th, the phone is turned on and then it's turned off and not used again. So we've got activity on one of the phones, on the iPhone, between April 1st to April 11th, potentially with that little gap. So this is a bit of a weird one, really. So the phone was ge- the phones were generally turned on and used at similar times of the day. So once in the morning, usually about 10 o'clock, and then once kind of in the middle, early afternoon. And some people see that as like a bit weird. And I get it. I, I think that is a bit strange. But I do equally understand if they were just trying to conserve the battery on the phone, then that makes sense. But the rhythms are weird. I also found it weird that the phones weren't used for anything else. Like there's no photos or anything on the phone that we're aware of. You know, they they don't write any notes or anything in them. And I equally find it strange that on that first day, they ring 911 and 112 twice. Then they don't ring again until the next day. Which to me seems odd. I would have thought in your first day of whatever is happening to you that you... Would, I mean, if I was in that position, I think that like I'd be, I'd be conscious that yes, I need to conserve the battery on my phone, but I think I would still be doing it pretty frequently. You know, every hour, every two hours, I'd be trying and trying and trying. But yeah, it seems to be very controlled, this rhythm of turning on and attempting contact. The bail pin attempts also is a weird one in this story. It could be potentially that by that point, because by that point it was the seven the six and the seven so this is five days after they've gone missing potentially one of them could have died by that point and so the other one didn't know the pin that's what a lot of people think but mm, i don't know like these women were close friends they had lived together before this they'd worked together before this they've been on holiday together for however many weeks i would just think that you would know the pin code of your friend's phone but maybe that's just me maybe i'm just particularly nosy and always just happen to pick it up on, on my friend's pins. I don't know. I, I find that one a bit odd. So that's everything on the phone. Very odd. But we get some insight potentially that they are potentially alive from the 1st until the 11th. Or at least one of them is based on those phone records. But we aren't totally sure. So next comes the camera. And I recommend going online and looking at these photos because they're really creepy. But I will try my best to explain what was find, found on Lizanne's camera. Um, and we, and, but yeah, have a look because it brings it to life. So the first photos, so there's 100 photos on the, fo- on, the, on the phone, on the camera. And the first 10 photos show nothing suspicious. So the first 10 photos basically shows them off on their walk, having a lovely time. So it shows them happy, calm. It shows them getting to the top of the, like to the end of that Il Pianista trail. And getting to the top, to the lookout point where normally you turn around and come back down. So it shows them getting there, shows them admiring the view, having a nice time. From there, there's then a few photos of them walking downhill. And it's disputed whether these photos show them either returning the way that they came or whether they show them carrying on past the summit where they should have turned around and going on to a much uh, more dangerous and much harder less well-defined trail uh, going forward so not totally sure but i think the general consensus is that people think is that once they got to the lookout at the top 
they carried on. They didn't turn around and go back down. They carried on and potentially this next bit of the trail was a lot more treacherous and a lot less, a lot easier to get lost on, basically. So that's the the normal photos that are all on the 1st of April. We've then not got any photos at all on the camera until the 8th of April. So we're talking almost a week after they've gone. And so on the 8th of April, almost 90 photos were taken, all in, all in the middle of the night, all around like 3 to 4 a.m. And they were all really weird. So most of them were just of like, of of nothing. They, it was just almost of like just blackness, like someone was just pointing the camera into the night and and taking photos. Some of them did have random bits and pieces on. So there was one that had uh, almost showed like a twig with some like candy wrappers or some little bags on it, maybe that was, you know, being used as like a, a tracking thing. Potentially one of them was a weird one that showed like a mirror on a rock and some toilet paper on a rock. Again, very odd. Some of them were just, yeah, were just like rocks and leaves and kind of looks like a ravine. There's one very creepy one, which is just like the back of one of the girl's heads. So just like, just a hair, very clearly the back of her head, which again, strange. There's nothing obviously wrong with the back of her head, but you you can't tell anything from it. So we know at least on the 8th, there was, you know, they were with the camera, they were doing things. There's a lot of speculation on the camera, on the photos. And I think that's because they are so low quality because they've been taken in the middle of the night on a camera that's from 2014 so there's loads of speculation on on what people think they show and one of them thinks that like there's a there's a reasonable amount of people online that think that the one of them shows like a body at the bottom of like a ravine and i've looked at this photo and i've seen people like draw stuff on it but i i can't see it so but that doesn't mean anything so some people think that that is what it is and that the other woman was taking photos to mark where they were or remember where they were or, you know, something so that she could come and find the body. But yeah, like I say, I, I can't see anything on it. To me, it just looks like a black blob. So we'll see. There is a bit more controversy again about the about the photos because one they're in like numerical order, the ones that have been released, but one of them is missing. Um, I think people make a big deal out of this when... Potentially it isn't, but it's it's weird because it's the one the one photo that isn't there is the photo that's between the first and the eighth. It's the only photo that was taken in that intervening period, and you know maybe maybe it was just an error and actually no photo was taken, or maybe something was taken and someone deleted it. I don't know. It's just one of those things that if you ever read about this case, you will hear a lot of people talking about the deleted photo. But yeah, I don't know. The photos are really weird. And I think that like they're very Blair Witch and I can't totally, I can't really come up with a good reason why they were doing it. I think in my head, the reason that makes the most sense is that they were trying to get someone's attention because the camera had a flash on it. So it would have been flashing. I I don't think they would have been using the flash for as a light source because I just don't think, you know, once your eyes have, have, uh, you know, adapted to the night, I think flashing something isn't going to really help you see more. It's going to make it harder to see, if anything, I would have thought. So, yeah, it's a really, a really odd one. And it, it leads to a lot of questions as to what was actually happening. Why 
at this point did they take all these photos why you know were they looking at the back of the head to see if there was something wrong with it to see if there was if if one of the women was by herself and she felt like she whacked herself on the back of the head was she trying to take a picture of the back of her head were was someone else taking these photos was were they you know it been however many days were they dehydrated were they hallucinating there's lots of questions and i think that's why this incident is very interesting is because there are so many questions so moving on from the phone and the photos over the next few weeks they then started to discover some remains which were near the backpack so near where the backpack was found about five miles from where they were hiking first they found chris's denim shorts and again reportedly some reports say that they were like neatly folded on a rock and some just say they were like floating in the river i think it may probably more likely they were just floating in the river And then two months later from that, they found about 33 bone fragments. And that included a pelvic bone. It was like half of a pelvis and a boot, which still had a foot in it, which is quite gross. Sorry. And so the, but the fragments were very small. So the 33 fragments included the foot and the foot itself had like 28 bones in it. So they they didn't find much basically is what I'm trying to say. They didn't find... They found stuff that clearly showed the woman had died and through DNA they could they knew it was from them but they didn't find enough bone fragments to actually learn or tell anything. The only thing they did think was that the foot was broken when they when they got to it. So the foot was broken whether it was broken before or after death we're not sure. found these these bones and that's that's all that's ever been found of them is just these these fragments nothing else so that's pretty much everything that happened uh, around that time so we'll talk now about what what we think happened so the official story is that this was all an unfortunate accident so the theory being that they got to the summit to the lookout carried on got lost and something tragic happened whether they died from dehydration whether they fell whether they you know got stung or bit by some kind of hideous insect or animal but basically it was all just a terrible accident and that um death by misadventure i watched i did watch some videos of the area and i could definitely see this happening it is like once you're at the top it is proper jungle you know that type of jungle where you spin around and you've no idea what what direction you came from and I don't have a great sense of direction. So I could definitely see them wandering off, either to try and find something. There's some talk on online about like trying to find a lost waterfall or whatever. But even if they were just like, oh, I'm interested in this thing down here. And then suddenly it's like, oh, where did we come from? Where did we go? So yeah, so I could see them wandering off the path and then not being able to find their way back. And then, you know, something bad happening, which some people dispute because the path, the ill pianista path was quite quite a good path but it i just don't think that means anything you know a path is good as long as you're on it right but if you choose to leave it what's a good path gonna do so the official story then continues and it says that they think they hiked another 
10 to 12 hours to a, a monkey bridge. And this monkey bridge crosses a ravine, like a river and a ravine, and they think that they died around there. The monkey bridge is, I mean, it's absolutely terrifying. I go nowhere near it. It's like three big metal cables that you, you know, one, like you stand on one and then you hold the other two and you like shuffle your way across the river. I am assuming the monkeys use it because they're called monkey bridges, but I do, I do not know. But I, I wouldn't use it. And so, and so it's like a bit of a weird one. So they basically, so that's the official story is that they got to this monkey bridge. They died around the monkey bridge, falling off it. You know what I mean? Something bad happened around the monkey bridge to one or both and then one or the other then died later on. It, But it does seem a bit of a random location. Like it seems weird that they called, like this this bridge was like 10 to 12 hours away from where they were hiking and they called emergency services after three hours so i don't know it just seems a bit weird i'm like why were they calling emergency services unless they were like oh we're lost let's call emergency services and then they continued walking for however long and then they got to that bridge eventually and then died which you know is is a reasonable explanation but it's it's a bit it's just a bit of a weird one and you know they didn't they didn't have any equipment they literally just had their backpack they didn't have any water with them they didn't have much so i can see this just all being a terrible accident because this stuff does happen all the time to experienced hikers. A lot of it I don't think adds up. I, I Like I said, the first ring to emergency services I find odd because it wouldn't have even been dark by then. And I just think even as someone like me who is directionally challenged, I think that if I had wandered off the path and then got lost, maybe I would call emergency services after two hours. I'd have pretty bad hope in myself of, of, of surviving um, alone. So maybe, maybe they were. But I don't know. They seemed, they seemed quite capable. I just think if you're like quite a capable hiker and you've been lost for like half an hour, you don't ring the police, do you? You keep walking. And then maybe when it starts getting dark and you're like, oh no, maybe then you start ringing people. But you never know. You never know how people are going to act in these types of situations. So then it, then it kind of comes like, well, did they ring emergency services because of something else? and we'll talk about that in a minute the other thing i find odd about the accident theory is i just find it weird that they had phones and a camera and they didn't document anything and i get that you know they're in the middle of the jungle maybe you know dehydrated dying very stressed but they both kept diaries and i just i I just would have thought they would have done something like yeah i just think take you know write write a note to your family take some photos just do something to record what was going on but just nothing even even on that last day when they turned the when they last turned the phone on the iphone on it was on for an hour so you i would have thought that they could have done something so i find that a bit odd in the accident theory and i do find the false pin attempts weird like we've already talked about so that's the accident theory which fair accident you know this whole podcast is about accidents and disasters so i can definitely see it being an accident but the other popular theory is that it was foul play so panama does have a lot of gangs and it does have a reasonable amount of criminals and you know it is a relatively poor um, country which means that crime is pretty common and especially like robberies and and trying to to take money and that type of thing 
And so is potentially very likely that they got caught up in a gang or um, they were kidnapped and potentially were going to do something with them or, or they were just killed because they stumbled onto the wrong thing. And that's the thing is that the area that they were hiking... It is remote, but it's not the middle of nowhere remote. So like, I mean, I guess the UK and, and like New Zealand, like where I'm from, like you you hike in New Zealand and there's no one anywhere. Like there's just nothing. You can hike and hike and hike and there'll be absolutely no one. Whereas this, especially when I watched the video, it was very clear that there were shacks and like, you know, little villages dotted about. So even even quite high up the trail, there were still people around and it was still quite a busy thoroughfare. So people, basically what I'm trying to say is that people would be aware that they were by themselves, that they were going on this hike alone. And if there was someone who was trying to, you know, keep their eye out and take advantage of a situation, then they definitely could have done it because they could have seen them and they could have followed them. And and that could have could have happened. Both, both of these theories have issues. The theory does have some aspects going for it. it. It potentially explains the weird photos because the photos could have been taken by someone else someone that was just playing around with the camera which which might make some sense it may again help with the false pin attempts not sure it could have helped explain why there weren't that many calls if they were only able to if they had their phones on them but they weren't able to you know pull them out very frequently they could only do them at certain times maybe when someone was busy or you know if they were away or something so it it potentially does fit and again them ringing 911 so early if they did come across someone or, or something that had happened to them that would explain why they would ring them so early also along with this that you know there's been so much criticism for how it was handled by the local police and i think there's probably loads of evidence that's been lost and i think the reason that we have so many questions in this incident is because the police didn't do a very good job at getting all the information and consolidating it and, and looking after the evidence and the dna and all of that type of thing there's also been Claims of other murders of tourists and of other people in the area, which again potentially supports the idea that they did get killed or or did get kidnapped or, or something horrible by someone else. So two theories there. I which one do I lean? I think I lean more towards it being a weird accident because I do just think it's it's hard in those ranges. But to be honest, I flip back and forth. So I'd be very interested to know which way you fall accident not an accident yes let me know so we always do what we learned and we'll do what we learned from this accident assuming it was an accident so I think the big thing that people hopefully will learn from this is safety around hiking. Uh, so like I said, lots of um, group in New Zealand, so lots of tramping, as they call it over there. And it's always drilled into you, even though I'm not a big hiker, that you take lots of equipment, you know, take more water than you need, take everything that you could possibly use. And you always tell someone where you're going and when you expect to be back. That is like the golden rule. I'm going here. If I'm not back by this time, do something. So they definitely didn't do that. And and that would have really helped because it could have meant that they were found quicker. And I do think if someone had started searching like on the 1st of April, surely they would have been relatively near the track 
so they would have been found quicker. But no one started searching until the third, which is a long time in a jungle. Also around hiking, it's kind of against your nature, but it's always better to backtrack or to just stay still so that you're easier to find. I guess if you're moving around a lot, it's then harder for people to come across you. And then, I mean, this is probably pretty obvious to all, but when you're traveling somewhere new and unfamiliar, consider using a guide. I think I would use a guide. Uh, Find someone who's familiar with the area and just make sure that you're following advice for whatever location you're in. There's so many websites and stuff now that will tell you whether or not you should be off wandering in the jungle by yourself or whether that is a bad idea. Read them, follow them. Don't let these accidents happen to you. So I think that's all we learned. Thank you for listening. I will put all of the sources in the show notes. One thing I did want to highlight First of all, there's so many photos online. So you can just see the photos. If you just Google it, you can see the photos. So just search for that. I did watch a good episode, which was called, it's from a series called Lost in the Wild. Episode three is about this accident, but I enjoyed it. And it basically, the two of them go to Buketti and do the hike. And so you can really see it and you can see the monkey bridge. You can see everything and really get it. They very much thought that they had been murdered. So, you know, you might get a different view. So I recommend that. I watched it on Amazon Prime. It was like two quid. If you are interested, give that one a go. Um, Otherwise, I'll put all of the information in the show notes. This is the first episode that I have uh, recorded since I've released the others. So I recorded all the other ones early and then release them. But this is the first one that I've done since I've released. So I just wanted to say thank you if you've been listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. And um, the the feedback's been awesome. And, and I do really hope you like it. So please do keep sending your feedback to me. Please do rate, review, subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, all of those good places. I have finally created my <laughs> social handle. So I'm on Instagram at um, when it goes wrong pod. I'm on Twitter at it goes wrong pod. Because of course... I couldn't have that many characters in my Twitter bio. So that's frustrating. Or if you aren't a social media person, you can email me at whenitgoeswrongpod at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you thought of this case. And I would really love if you have any suggestions for future episodes. <laughs>